Welcome to the Mom Docs Podcast. We are three chiropractors on a mission to empower moms and dads to intentionally choose health for their kids and families, to provide core principles to raise their families holistically, and to help parents take an active role in their family's health. Our goal is to provide families a philosophical approach to healthcare that steps away from the conventional and supports true health. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of our birth series. We love talking about birth. It's I always joke that if I, for whatever reason, could no longer be a chiropractor, I would go be a midwife because I love everything about it. I just feel like it's such a magical um, experience that women get to go through and families get to go through that I just love the small role that I get to play in it. And I really love hearing birth stories. And I want to preframe this by saying that I know there's many philosophies on this, like don't listen to any negative birth stories when you're pregnant. You don't want any of that to get in your head. And I think that there's like lots of validation to that and very good reason for saying that. But I also think that it's less about the stories that people tell us about their birth and more about the way that we filter them. And I think you can take great nuggets away from even horrific birth stories um, by using them as learning experiences. So I'm not one to subscribe to the, like, if anyone wants to tell you anything negative about birth, don't talk to them. Like, I'm more like, don't stop people from sharing their story because uh, for a lot of times that's really healing for someone to tell you. And I do think that there is something you can learn. If someone did have a negative experience, like I shared in our previous episode, when we wound up at the hospital with Levi, like, yeah, I didn't. I wanted a natural birth and I wound up with a uh, medicated birth in a hospital, but that could be seen as a negative or it could be seen as, wow, what were my learning lessons along the way that if I went back into, which I did on baby number two and baby three, I took lessons from that birth process of baby number one. And it really helped me have the outcomes that I wanted for number two and number three. So Natalie, I know that you with Henry, with your, or not with Henry, Henry. Okay. Henry, that was the, yes. Okay. I was actually talking (laughs) about Ellie. I was thinking about Ellie, how you wound up at the hospital too, but really just to push her out. And then you, then you turn around and went home, (laughs) but Henry, you had like crazy, like just a really crazy rare thing happened. So I'd love to hear about it. Yes, totally. So, um, I mean, to kind of catch back up, just real overview quick, like Ellie was my first long labor, you know, 30 hours, um, ended up transferring to the hospital, had her 20 minutes after I got there and went home three hours later. And then Annie, our second was home birth, like four hour labor, felt like the best thing ever. And then Henry was a bit of a mix of the two of them. So I remember like with both all of my kids, like going into labor, um, you know, in the evening, you know, as I'm coming home from the office and, um, you know, Annie, I went to bed and I woke, I got out, like I was laboring, but it was, it was pretty easy. I would say got out of bed and, you know, at two o'clock and I had her by five, like, in the water tub, like water birth at our home was back in my bed, you know, by five 30, the midwife was only there for an hour. She was, um, you know, born in the the call. So just like an amazing birth. So when I went into labor with Henry, it was like, I, that's what I was expecting. You know? okay. Like, okay, it's, it's coming on the same way. I'll probably have this baby by five in the morning. And, um, things were just starting to get more intense by five in the morning. So my mom came to pick up the girls and, um, the midwife came 
because I think she was expecting me to have him um, early in the morning also, but my labor, it, it stalled um, that morning. And I remember, you know, Peter um, stayed home from work. He was out, you know, doing yard work and here I am like laboring in, in the house and it was intense and it was just steady. And um, at one point, you know, I would say it came to a point where like, you know, she, my midwife mentioned, like, if you were in the hospital at this point, you know, I I was laying in bed just going like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is getting long. And my mindset was getting, I was, I was expecting to already have had this baby, you know, that feels that you're like, no, I think, and I think that's, I think that's so important because that's what happened with my first, like Mm -hmm. my water broke and then contraction started. And it was like, I had created, even though I was fighting against, I had created a mental timeline. You yeah. know, and, and when my, yeah. and when the expectation starts not matching, like when reality starts not matching the expectation, that's when like, we really end up in trouble, you know, yeah. versus yeah. like, no, with birth, there can be no expectations, like right. Right. no timeline, everything is normal. And I think Henry's story is like the perfect example of thank God you let your expectations down. Like you, yes. you set, you laid them aside. Right. Cause at, by 11 o'clock that morning I was going, okay. Holy cow. Right. So, um, there, there became this, I remember this pinpoint moment of like my midwife had said, um, you know, what you can do is whenever you have a contraction, get out of bed and like go into a deep squat Mm -hmm. and that will put more pressure down there. Um, and if your water will naturally break, then, um, by, you know, doing the contraction in a squat, then, you know, that will, that'll help. That's going to help, you know, continue to move the process along. And, um, if he's in the right position to, to continue coming down. And there was a moment in that, that's where I had to say, like, I had to have everyone leave the room and I had to like go internally to like, all I wanted to do was to lay in bed and have things be done. And it was like, okay, contraction, I need to get through this. And now I need to get down on the floor and inflict a little bit more pressure. (laughs) That was a turning point for me that it was like, I like I had to I had to go internally to gain that strength to be like I can do this, mm-hmm. and after four contractions of you know bending you know, sitting in a squat during them, my water broke, and then you know, again things sped up from there. Um, you know, I ended up kind of moving positions and moving around, and um, I'll finish why that was important at the end. Um, I ended up then birthing um, you know laboring more as it got more intense in the in the tub. And to make his story more interesting, and you'll see why it is at the end, um, I was on all fours and I, I was in the tub, finally, you know, pushed him, um, was pushing, pushing, you know how it is, you push so hard to get the head to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as soon as the head came out, you had just that huge, long, you know, contraction where you're, you're like, it's going to happen this time. So the release that you feel when you have a natural birth, you get to, you know, with, like you said, Sarah, not natural, but um, normal birth that you don't have like an epidural, you actually feel that and <laughs> such a release, right. When the, when the baby's head comes out and at that moment, immediately my midwife, um, she could tell that he wasn't rotating. So she's like, he has, she knew right away he has shoulder dystocia. So she goes, you need to get out of the bath. You need to get out of the tub and get on all fours right now. And yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I got that out, right? I got it. Oh. So I, Peter helped me get out. I'm like, on my bedroom floor, like on all fours. And and I'm like, I didn't even have a contraction. Like, you know, the next contraction wasn't coming. And she's like, you need to push. And um, she helped the baby rotate. 
um, while I was pushing and then he came right out. And after that birth, and this was my third baby that I had had with her as our midwife after, um, like, you know, we birthed the placenta I'm laying back in my bed, holding this amazing little boy. You know, it was finally a boy after two girls. And she started to look at, um, you know, the placenta and she, um, he had what was called a, the technical term is a valamentous cord, but basically what that means is, um, the arteries and veins that run back and forth from you to the baby travel through the umbilical cord into the placenta and then into you know, the mom's uterus. And, um, what a valamentous cord is, is that, um, at some point, the, the umbilical cord no longer protected those arteries and veins, and they actually were exposed on the outside of the placenta as they then entered into like the uterus. So essentially there's arteries that are completely exposed. And after this birth, like our midwife, you know, we prayed with her after every, um, every birth with her, but this one was very moving as she was like, you know, thank God, you know, she thanking God that we had a home birth. Um, because of those two situations in that if I would have been in the hospital when, when things slowed, they would have likely stripped the membranes, right? Cause mm-hmm. that's what you would do at that point to try and get the water to break. So that labor would progress. And when you have a valamentous cord, like if they would have accidentally hit one of those arteries, you know, that could have been, you know, very, very serious, you know, and life altering for both like me and the baby. And so not having that intervention that would have often been introduced at that point was, you know, we were just thanking God for that. And the second thing with his birth was the whole shoulder dystocia. You know, if, if you are in a hospital and you've had, you know, so if if that birth would have been in the hospital, um, and I would have had an epidural, um, that means that you can't stop that you flip or that get on board, you are stuck on your back. So when you're stuck on your back and um, the baby has shoulder dystocia, meaning that the arm is up and that the baby can't turn to come out, there's two options there. It's, it's often pull the baby out and that's when a baby can get like a broken collarbone mm-hmm. if you're in the hospital setting, or there can be lots of pulling and tugging that happens that can cause, you know, torticollis and, and other issues. So the fact that, you know, it was an unmedicated birth, I was able to flip over. I was able to get on all fours. She was able to easily help just let the baby turn so that he could come out. Um, so being that that was our third and, and final baby, like that was um, just so thankful. You know, it was one of those moments that you're like, thank God we pulled through, thank God we stuck it out and we had a home birth as, um, you know, I know that God was watching out for us there. Wow. Yeah. Interesting stuff, right? That's amazing. Seriously. You're a, you're a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's so hard when, like, as you guys were saying earlier, just your expectation after you've had births, and that was kind of like, I fell victim to that because like our first baby was like 13 hours progressed really well and really non-eventful second baby. Um, well, I shouldn't say non-eventful. It was an amazing experience. Yes. I tried to have the first one in water and just couldn't for whatever reason, like I could not figure out how to push. Um, the minute I got out of the tub, like she came out. And it was amazing. Um, and then 
the second baby was like half the time, half the labor and born in water. Um, she did, my midwife did break my water, which I look back and I'm like, it probably was not necessary, but I was so ready at that point to just hold my baby. Um, and looking back, like I decided at that point, you know, I learned from that experience. Like I, I just would rather it happen naturally. Um, but she could have been born in call if we hadn't have done that. Um, mm. but again, like a beautiful experience, she was born in the water. And then with my son, it was like the, this like lightning speed intensity, like the most intense two hours of my life. But he like flew out and the midwife barely caught him. Um, it was like one of those. So with baby number four, I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm probably not even, you know, I'm probably going to be alone. My husband will be at work and my midwife won't even make it here. <laughs> so I was like, pre- like preparing myself mentally because they're all, they all can be so different. And I think I shared Layla's story, you know, in the last episode, but I think it really was a lesson of, you know, again, like you guys said, don't go into birth with any expectations because every, every time, you know, your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do and, you know, it's totally normal. Um, but again, like she was, she just took forever to, to descend and it took forever for labor to progress. And actually like saying, saying it that way, um, is probably the wrong way to say it. Like it took just the right amount of time for her. That's so and good. That's so because, good. Oh, like in the middle of it, you're just kind of like, what is taking so long? You know, what is wrong? Like that was something that I should have caught, you know, in just like going through all those thoughts. Like I should have caught that. I kept saying, what is wrong? What is wrong? That is a good point. Right I, there. That's immediately what right? we naturally jump to. Like, why yes. is this happening faster? And that fear creeps back in is like, what is, what's wrong? Like yes. oftentimes nothing. Right. Yep. Right. And like, you know, you have, you do your diligence, like you have professionals there that obviously are monitoring, um, and the baby was totally fine. Like there was never any distress. And so, um, I think I should have been saying, you know, what is right? What is, what is my body doing right? And like mm-hmm. focusing on that and, you know, thank goodness that again, like Natalie, if I would have gone into the hospital in that situation and they would have tried to speed it up and she's wrapped up in her cord. And now my body's like, really physically, you know, and forcefully propelling her out from, you know, having Pitocin or stripping the membranes, you know, that could have ended not so great, um, with the cord being so tightly wrapped around her. And so again, it's like just a testament to, you know, as long as everybody's doing fine, like trust the body, trust the process. Um, and when Layla was born, I remember I barely had enough energy to like even pick her up and snuggle her. (laughs) I just remember looking at her like, just laying in my doula's arms, like looking at her <laughs> thinking I should really like reach for my baby right about now. <laughs> I was so tired. And oh, that's so I good. Was, you know, like I was just so relieved and thankful, you know, that she was healthy and finally with us. But so I think story. like birth ab- affirmations are so powerful. And I've, I've been in like the personal growth uh, world for a while. So I've like known about affirmations. I've known about the importance of speaking truth over your life and mantra and all of these like things for personal growth and development. I didn't know how important it was to bring those things to labor too, because yeah. I, I, it w- just like you, Natalie, like when I first got to chiropractic, when people were like, you're going to have a natural childbirth and not vaccinate your kids. Right. I'm like, 
what planet are you people from? Like, <laughs> of course I'm having an epidural and of course I'll vaccinate my children. Cause I just, I had no idea, you know, I, it was just so very foreign to me and I'd never looked into it. So I just did what, whatever. So I think going into birth, if you're desiring different birth experience than what majority, most likely the majority of the people in your life have had, then you really have to actively train your mind for that. So for baby two and baby three, for me, it was birth affirmations on my bathroom mirror that I saw consciously or subconsciously every day. And because with um, with Levi, with my first, it was a very long labor. And then we wound up at the hospital and it just didn't go as I anticipated. I really had to untrain my mind for what to expect on baby two. And Mark and I even came up with like, okay, we are settling in. When we go into labor, we are settling in for two days. Like, yeah. how are we going to do this for two days? Not okay. labor, like not water broke. And here's our timeline. Like we're planning for two days and we'll see what happens. If it's anything less than that, like that's just a win. And we came up with like, okay, if we hit that moment where things start to get dicey or we start to feel like it's the, the timeline has slowed, what are we going to do? And we, we, can, we wrote out a, an actual list, like go outside. Like, and it was just like, you have to remind yourself to change the environment, like make brownies, watch a movie, <laughs> change the music. Like, and it was literally like change the music from like the worship, labor, Christian music to like put on pop music. Like open the window is like, just how do we? And so when I was in labor with baby number two and that, that labor started, our midwife joke, she's like, thank you for giving me a normal work day. I got here at seven and I left at three, like seven. And no, three I, I want to hear about baby number two. Cause didn't you guys like, aren't, didn't you and Mark catch baby number two? Yes. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. Because we were planning for two days. So it's, I wake up at like four in the morning and I like contractions are there, but again, it's the two day mindset. So he's like at five, he's like, I'm going to go to the, you know, the five thirty workout. So he gets up and leaves for the workout by like six. I'm like, you know, we've got an 18 month old in, the, old in the crib and I'm like, okay, this is like, they're coming more regular. So I shoot him a text and just say like, Hey, nothing urgent, but maybe just come home right after the workout. And then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, Hey, just like, make sure you come home right after the workout. Like oh, as yeah. soon as it, as soon as it's like done, just get in the car and come. And then like text him one more time. And then he finally calls. I'm like, dude, just like wherever, wherever you are in the workout right now, just come home. Like it's yeah. moving more quickly. And I wasn't used to that. Like I just, I wasn't used to that. Like I was used to like, like slow and steady. You're still telling your, yourself like, this is going to be two more days. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking it was going to be two days and it was, the contractions were harder. They were more painful than my first. And looking back, it was like, wow, I really wasn't even having contractions with Levi. Like they wow. like, because you just didn't, didn't know. And here yeah. I thought that was painful. And I was tired after a couple of days of that, like try a couple of days of these contractions, like good luck. Uh-huh. And, uh, so midwife comes and I wanted no cervical checks for number two or number three. I just like, I didn't, to me, that creates a timeline in my head. So I just didn't want to know. I just wanted to trust that when I feel like I should push, I will push and things were progressing, but like, at, you know, started at four in the morning and by 11 o'clock, 12, I was in a dark place of, I can't do this. I just want to go to the hospital and get this baby cut out of me. Cause your brain goes to weird places, you know, like yeah, I, I cannot totally. do this. I, this, this is way too painful. And the contractions were every 60 seconds to 90 seconds. And they were like the 10 out of 10 contractions. And I'm a leaving alone and labor person. So the midwife and doulas are all upstairs and I'm whatever. And I remember Mark looking at me and he was like, let's like go to the list. Like we're, we're going outside, like, and we switched cool. to like pop, pop music. Like we turned on like, you know, hip hop music or something. And then we, we walked outside and I put my feet in the lake 
And it was like, okay, just, we need to just take a big deep breath here. We're settling in for two days. I'm starting to feel anxious. I'm starting to feel defeated. Like what's the plan here? And let's just work the plan. And we went inside and for whatever reason during a contraction, I just started to say out loud all of the affirmations that were on my bathroom mirror. Then like I hadn't memorized them, but I knew them because they were there. And then I just, I just started saying them. And when a contraction would come, I would force myself to say them out loud. And then I started encouraging the baby during my contractions so I shifted my perspective from this is all about me and how much pain I'm in to That's like baby going through Aww. this too. So yeah. while I was while a contraction was happening, I would just say like, "Good job, baby! You are doing so awesome. You're doing such hard work. I'm so proud Aww. of you. Like, great Aww. job!" And that would like get me through it. And then I hit this moment. I was like, "Okay, it was about you know two o'clock," and I was like, "I can do this. I can do this for the next two days if I have to. It sucks, but like I got this." And we were in the downstairs guest bathroom and one of the midwives was at the grocery store getting lunch because she was settling in for two days as well. (laughs) And the other midwife was cleaning the kitchen, like doing, you know, dishes in the kitchen. And Mark was just kind of standing propped against the bathroom door, looking out the bathroom window. And I was just passing contractions there because the toilet is, as it's turned out to be my best friend during labor. (laughs) And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I said, I'm pushing. And Mark was like, what? And I go, I'm pushing. And literally, like, she just flew out into the toilet. And, like, oh Mark literally, like, reached down fast enough to grab her. And he goes, baby, like, which is our midwife's name. And she comes running. And she's ready for two days, too. So she's like, you guys just had the baby. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Like, and he was there. And, like, she, you know, mid- other midwife comes back. She's like, I got sandwiches for lunch. We're like, we had a baby. <laughs> You're gone. And it was like. I never, there was never a pushing phase. It was just like a moment and I'm pushing, but it was a huge shift for me to realize that like the spoken words that I'm using, like taking them out of my head, saying them out loud, they changed everything for me. Like I was fully prepared to, okay, I can do this. And it took about, it took about 30 minutes of saying them out loud during every contraction. And once I did that, I was like, okay, I got this back. You know, like, I don't actually want to go to the hospital and get this baby cut out of me. Like, wow. I, can, I can do this. And then shifting wow. my focus to the baby was just so huge, just absolutely huge. So, That's so awesome. I wish you guys could all see us right now. Like, we're all like... I know. I know. We're so we're I'm so into that. Like, story time. We're, like, smiling. We've got tears. It's, like, so yeah. amazing. I know. Um, like, this is the highlight of my day. Like, it's such a... I mean, you hear this. Like, what a privilege. Like, don't you guys just... It's such a privilege... Mm-hmm. to get to have a baby, you know, oh, to, yeah. to go through that and just have that feeling of, um, like you did it and, uh, your body did it. And then holding that sweet thing, you know, right mm-hmm. after I don't, mm-hmm. this is why we actually had, I think two, two kids, 13 months apart. Like after I had Ellie, I remember telling Peter, like literally right after, like I'm holding a new baby. I'm like, this was the most, it felt like running a marathon, right? Like, which was yeah. like, super painful. Um, but <laughs> like the high at the end of it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. being like, I remember thinking to myself, like, there is nothing better in the world than like holding this thing right now. And I, that carried on for nights after you know, you're up in the middle of the night, just staring at this baby like this, like my, like our two bodies together created this, like how amazing, you know, yeah. just what a privilege it is to, to get to do that. Um, so amazing. 
so good. And we're all in yeah. tears. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I I we have to be careful. Like these stories just give me the baby fever. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You guys yep. need to watch that around me because I'm yeah, kind of at my max. It's this one that already has four, right? I know. But hey, yeah, we live on a farm now. now so yeah, we're That's supposed to have like 12 kids, right? I think is, um, good that I think is worthy of mentioning. Um, cause I, we could probably all, especially our, like my first labor, your first labor. I mean, when you are a first time mom, I remember being like, you know, people saying at the end, like, just get your sleep, you know, you're getting excited. They're like, just, you know, enjoy your rest while you have it. And mm-hmm. I remember being in that moment, like thinking, are you kidding me? Like, I'm about to have a baby. Like my life is about to change. I'm so excited. How could I rest? But something that you said totally happened to me in that first labor too, that after you're having your second child, you look back at your first child and you're like, Oh, the, the whole first 12 hours of that wasn't actually that bad. Yeah. 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 And I think I would have, that's one thing that I learned from our first baby is, um, I was, you know, having contractions, but they were every, every seven minutes apart, but I, I stayed up all night tracking them. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, they're still seven minutes apart. Oh, oh, this one was only six. Oh, now yeah. this one was nine. And yeah. looking back, I wish I would have just been like, it's going to happen how it happens. I need to go Sleep. to bed. Like, I yeah. need to get some rest. Cause I had yes. no idea what was coming the whole next day. Right. Um, I, I tell all bit of advice for that first baby, eat a big meal, take a bath and get some rest. Even if it's in the middle of the day, you know, like it's so important that your body can run the race. Right. And you're training for a marathon right now, Sarah, you know what that's talking like, what that means is like preparing your body, letting your body rest so that you have the energy to get through it all. I think is, is huge. So huge. I tell that to all new moms as they're getting closer and closer to labor. I just say like, don't, don't get anxious and plan for two days of labor. Cause if you plan for that, then you're like, okay, when that first contraction starts and you realize like, oh, this might be the real thing. You don't get anxious and jump the gun on it. I love that mindset of just like plan for that. And I think that will make a huge difference for a lot of ladies that go into it. And I even, uh, one of our patients, she's like telling me her due date and she's like, but I'm actually planning for like two and a half weeks after that. Like, that's what I'm telling myself is my due date. And I'm like that, that actually would probably be pretty smart. You know, like you're mm-hmm. just changing your expectations. So mm-hmm. my older sister good. does, does that. Um, she realized that I think with her fourth baby, she just started telling people two weeks after her due date. So if yeah. she knew she would do August 1st, she would tell people I'm due August 15th. Because it just like because then all of the questions and that oh my goodness you're over your date and it's like no I'm right just, because people no. start asking you a month before you're actually yeah. you know, before exactly. your date like exactly. when is it happening and filling those questions for a whole yeah. month it's draining yeah it's good yeah. yep totally so good okay we could talk birth all day long but I think we've each shared a couple of birth stories I promise the longer you listen to this podcast the more birth stories that will slip out along the way and the more you'll get to know us so we enjoyed sharing these stories with you today let us hear yours and make sure you follow along on our Instagram page and subscribe so you never miss an episode thanks for joining us today on the mom docs podcast If you enjoyed listening to the show, the greatest compliment you can give is to share this with others and leave us a review on iTunes. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.